everyone. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us again today. This is our final episode of the series. Um, for those of you who may be just joining us, I am Kaylin Landry, a senior manager in Barry Dunn's financial services industry group, specializing in financial institution audits as well as integrated audits under FIDESHA. I am joined today by Ian Martell. Thanks, Kaylin. Happy to be back to wrap up the series. Um, I'm a senior in Barry Dunn's financial services group, and similar to Kaylin, I've been able to spend uh, several years now gaining a lot of really great experience working with our financial institutions clients and more particularly recently um, in their fiducia compliance and internal control audits. So uh, like I said, it's just been a pleasure to be part of this series with you and uh, looking forward to hopefully ending on a high note. Excellent. Thanks, Ian. So to recap, in the previous episodes, we took you through an overview of internal controls over financial reporting and gave an introduction to the 2013 COSO framework. We also discussed the steps to prepare for implementation of a FIDESHA integrated audit, followed by an episode on internal controls over financial reporting as it relates to the tax segment of your institution, along with an episode specific to controls related to the IT segment of your institution. In this final episode, we're going to go over some common implementation pitfalls and where to focus to avoid the pitfalls and have a smooth implementation of internal controls over financial reporting to be in compliance with FIDESHA. Yeah, I mean, you certainly said it. We, we've covered a lot. Um, you know, we, we got the basic understanding. We dug into some more of the uh, complex and detailed issues of implementation, and you know, we hit on those riveting tax and IT episodes. Um, but so I guess, you know, taking a step back and, and you know, thousand foot view, what, what should management be aware of just general pitfalls or, you know, common issues and, and how should they best avoid them? Yeah, so first we're going to look into spreadsheet controls. I would say this is a very large area that affects financial reporting controls. When you're looking at spreadsheet controls, you want to make sure that you've implemented specific controls to reduce any potential errors, especially when you're looking at the significant audit areas, such as the allowance for loan loss calculation, the tax accrual, as well as the internal control over financial reporting matrix itself. Spreadsheet controls really should be one of the first controls to examine because spreadsheet errors occur through human error, including data entry mistakes, cut and paste errors, and inaccurate form formulas, as well as intentional fraud. A lot of times these errors can have a major ramification for financial institutions and can be very difficult to identify. For this reason, implementing specific spreadsheet controls is critical for reducing errors in financial reporting. Yeah, you said it, I mean, even in my day-to-day, -day, I'm sure you would say the same, it can be really easy to make spreadsheet errors, um, you know, whether you transpose something or you don't have a formula quite right. Um, you know, there's a, a myriad of ways you can go wrong. Um, so you brought up a few of kind of the bigger spreadsheets that I tend to see, you know, whether it be the allowance or your tax accrual um, or the, you know, internal control matrix itself. Um, can we dig in a little bit deeper there, um, maybe provide some specific details on how to avoid errors on those spreadsheets? Yeah, so jumping into the allowance for loan loss calculation, typically this spreadsheet is very complex 
It uses multiple formulas, link cells, therefore the margin for error is great. And with the increased complexity linked to CECL implementation, it'll be more important than ever to really scrutinize the accuracy of your allowance calculation spreadsheet or the vendor software that you may be utilizing. It's important to identify and fix all errors as an error in the calculation can result in a change to the actual allowance amount that is recorded within your financial statements and could amount to a material weakness depending on the extent of the error. To avoid this, you wanna make sure that you've conducted and thoroughly documented a secondary independent review of the allowance for loan loss calculation. It should include review of key data points to system reports, such as data validation, also reviewing the formulas and the checks put in place, and making sure that there's consistency between the actual calculation and the written memo that has been approved and supported by management and the board that discusses the qualitative factors and historical losses. A lot of times we can see this documented within a specific step-by-step -step checklist to indicate the ins and outs have been reviewed for completeness and accuracy. The next area to look at is your tax accrual calculation. So as we discussed in our previous episode, this is a very complex area. You wanna make sure that those involved have the specialized knowledge of the subject and know how the calculation itself works. Some common pitfalls <clears throat> are missing controls. So make, you wanna make sure that you have some checks and proofs in place throughout the calculation. You also need to verify the source of the inputs to the correct data and that there's some type of management review control in place. Again, similar to the allowance, is there a step-by-step -step process or checklist to use during the review of the information? And is the responsible person who is completing the review, do they have sufficient knowledge to be reviewing the calculation and understanding if there is something missing or incorrect? And how is documentation considered when there's an outlier or what is the process to review or investigate that potential outlier that is found? Adequate documentation of a control and sufficient detail of the process and procedures involved will really help mitigate any risk. The last specific area that we'll look at is the internal control over financial reporting matrix itself. So now that you've gone through and you've mapped all your internal controls to the COSO principles, the matrix summarizes the key controls in place. You also want to make sure that it includes testing and sample sizes. And it's important that this spreadsheet includes all your key controls and that it's accurate and free of any errors at its key document for auditing. The CFO or the assigned designee should conduct a secondary review of the matrix after all control testing is accumulated and documented. And once you've established your management team can conduct a quarterly review to verify that the controls documented are still key controls and to review processes and procedures in place for any new key controls, especially if a new product line is added. The review should include a check of formulas and references, including accumulation of sample sizes and test counts throughout the frequency of the controls being tested, such as quarterly basis. And if you require an integrated audit, your external and internal auditor should also be reviewing the matrix well before testing is set to begin in order to allow time to address any potential issues that may arise. Management needs to maintain and verify consistency between the matrix, any internal audit reports and work papers, especially in reference to your process, key controls, sample sizes and results. 
All right. Yeah. I mean, given the size of those three specific spreadsheets, um, I think it was really good to, to touch on some of those areas. But, you know, maybe even before a team goes to hand over their testing worksheets to their external auditor, what are some other areas maybe that get overlooked that management should be considering, um, you know, specific to testing? Yeah, that's a great point. And one area that should be honed in on is the IT key controls. You want to make sure that management and the institution are focusing on the specific controls that relate to and mitigate risks within financial reporting. You want to look at the specific IT systems that are relevant to financial reporting. A lot of times there are a number of controls related to IT that affect the financial institution, but really you want to just make sure that they are looking at those that actually have an effect on your financial statements and other financial reporting. Typically, you look at your vendor due diligence process. You want to make sure that's documented and monitored accordingly to mitigate the risks associated with outside vendors, as well as the security risk and finance risks involved with that. You want to make sure you're involving IT management as well as finance management as part of the documentation process and determination of key controls for IT over internal controls for financial reporting. Another item to consider is testing. You want to make sure your testing covers the full year under audit for an integrated audit to show the control has been operating effectively throughout the year. Within this testing, you want to look at who should be conducting the testing. Who conducts the testing really will help determine how the auditor performs the integrated audit as it's influenced by whether the internal testing has been conducted independently or non-independently. A few things to consider when looking at this. Typically, management is considered non-independent because they are involved in the actual day-to-day -day functions of those key controls in place. They can certainly be utilized as a monitoring function for the institution to be able to report on a quarterly basis to the audit committee that controls have been looked at and monitored frequently. The other two items are looking at your internal audit department. If there's an internal audit department, typically they, they are considered independent because they are not involved in the day-to-day -day functions of these controls. And typically they report directly to the audit committee or the board. Another independent source would be if you hire an outside internal audit firm. They would also be considered independent because they are not at the day-to-day -day operations of the institution. So keeping in mind, if you conduct the internal testing independently, typically an external auditor can place reliance on that testing. With limited reperformance to understand how the testing was performed, especially in less significant areas, and their own additional testing for more complex and significant areas. The external auditor may need to perform additional testing if the internal testing is not independent or it involves a significant area. I'm really glad you brought that up and that distinction between, you know, non-independent versus independent parties to this process is one um, that can really easily be maybe kind of blurry for management as they look at it. Um, but, you know, as you just said, um, if your external auditor is needing to perform additional testing, uh, that may result in your audit being, you know, more, uh, more costly or less efficient. Um, so, again, a really, really good distinction to make. 
Um, so looking at just, you know, documentation, you know, we, we hammer home how important documentation is um, all the time. What are some of the more commonly missed points of documentation, you know, as they relate to internal control over financial reporting? Yeah, so looking at commonly missed documentation, two areas we will start with are financial reporting in general, as well as looking at entity level controls. So typically when we get in, we see that there are several areas when we observe key controls over financial reporting in place, but typically we don't actually see them being included in the overall control matrix. It's really important to take credit for the work that the institution is already doing and to include all those controls and information in one centralized location. The following areas we will discuss when we commonly see institutions not documenting the full control environment. So looking at the entity level controls, all of these really should be addressed either within the matrix itself or in a summarized memo of all entity level controls documenting internal controls that pertain to how the institution as an entity is run rather than being specific to a certain area of the organization. Some examples of this are corporate governance. Again, making sure that you have controls in place over the significant policies and procedures related to corporate governance, such as a code of ethics, as well as the documentation of employees and board members have acknowledged these specific policies and procedures in place to make sure that they are adhering to them. Another area is looking at the tone at the top and how that's documented and evidence is provided that that exists within the organizational structure. You wanna make sure you have a strong tone at the top because that can have a very positive impact on preventing any fraud or unethical practices. Again, the starting point is your risk assessment over financial reporting. You wanna make sure you have a complete risk assessment over financial reporting and that it also includes the assessment of potential fraud risk, whether it be internal fraud or external fraud to the institution. Another item is your controls over regulation O and insider transactions, making sure that those specific controls are documented in the matrix. Another area is looking at your board of directors or audit committee and making sure that they're adhering to their rules and responsibilities set forth in a charter. So typically we see that they complete a self-assessment or evaluation on a regular basis to make sure that they're hitting all the points they're required to. Lastly, looking at your hiring and retention policies, making sure that you've documented job descriptions as well as what the annual review and evaluation process is for all employees of your institution. Awesome. So, you know, maybe taking a, a more minute focus on just the day to day, how can management maybe be proactive or what should they be on the lookout for, you know, when it comes down to just, you know, their teams fulfilling their everyday responsibilities? Yeah. So as previously mentioned in episode two, a lot of times we forget the overall controls related to financial reporting itself. You want to make sure that specific controls for your financial statements, as well as other reporting mechanisms are covered and addressed within your internal control matrix. So as mentioned before, many of these are common controls that you already have in place and are routinely completed, but may not be documented appropriately. Some examples of this are your review of your financial statements and footnotes, 
So making sure that there's a process in place for the person who's preparing those, that there's an actual secondary review of those before handing them off to the external auditors. This would also include the completion of the disclosure checklist. Additionally, looking at review of new accounting pronouncements. How is that communicated? How is that documented? Is there a memo in place that management completes to indicate what the implications are going to be on the financial statements? And also, as we previously discussed, review of the allowance. Normally, there are controls in place regarding the review of the allowance for loan loss calculation, memo, and supporting reports. You want to make sure that you've documented these and you include them in the control matrix to make sure that they are being tested on a frequent basis. And it also includes controls over loan risk rating changes. Another item you want to make sure you have documented is management's review of assumptions and any actuary report for your pension or post-retirement liabilities. And as discussed in our previously episode, your review of the tax accrual calculation, making sure that is documented. And the last two items are looking at other reporting mechanisms, such as your budget to actual reviews, making sure that those are documented and that any scopes have been set to analyze fluctuations that have occurred and that management has documented why those have occurred and what the reasoning is. Consistent with a yield and cost of fund review, are these being calculated on a month-to-month -month basis? And what scope is management going to look into if they are outside those outliers and making sure that documentation is included for anything that may be considered an exception? Lastly, take credit for the controls in place. As we've said throughout the whole series, making sure that you document everything. Have it in one centralized location. And the key lesson here is to not only have your controls in place, but to document and test them thoroughly. By having all your key controls or financial reporting in your control matrix, you will save time in an integrated audit and you can feel more confident that your institution will get credit for the full scope of your control environment. Thank you so much, Kaylin. Uh, as I've said, it's it's been so great to have you share your wealth of knowledge with us, and and thank you to all who've been listening. Um, you know, as you start your process for implementation, don't hesitate to reach out to a Barry Dunn Financial Services professional. Um, so we can help with anything from the actual implementation of your controls, uh, review of how you've documented those controls. Um, we can offer our feedback on the processes and procedures you have in place and maybe how those blend themselves to your internal control environment. Um, we could also offer specific training on the topics we've discussed throughout these podcasts, you know, whether it be the basics of implementation and, and the standards behind Fidesha or more specific to your tax accrual or your IT. We're happy to take a look at, at how we can best uh, fit with your organization. Look forward to hearing from you and working with you in the future.